Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service will last about an hour and in a few seconds we will start with a time of worship after which you will meet our hosts for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments throughout the live stream. I want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and there are a few ways that you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream. And if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? Church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is to also join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our podcast called What's the Story, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things that I've mentioned can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach us uh, on social media at Crowd Church. If you're new to crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, why not head over to our website crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Good evening and welcome to Crowd Online Church. My name is Matt Edmondson and beside me is the beautiful, the talented, the all-round good egg, which is Ellie Light. Ellie, how are we doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. Slightly nervous about this microphone placement already. <laughs> <laughs> already we're slightly nervous about microphone. We've just been chatting. This is, if you're new to Crowd Church, warm welcome to you, by the way. Ellie is, you've been a speaker before on Crowd, but you've never actually hosted before. That's correct. Correct. Are you nervous? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, uh, a little bit, yes. Welcome Ellie to Crowd Church. Thank you for hosting. Pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Ellie's first time hosting. Say hi to Ellie in the comments. Do come and join us in the comments. <coughs> Evening, Andy. Evening, Matt. How are we all doing tonight? I can see the comments coming in. And tell me what you think to my new Christmas jumper, by the way. It's wonderful. Do I tell you or do they tell you? Both. They're going to comment about it. Evening, Nicola. But yeah, they're going to they're going to comment about it as well. But the, this is such a cool... My Star Wars Christmas jumper. I'm so excited with this. I've only um, got one Christmas jumper. Really? Yeah. It's just got a snowman on it. <laughs> you don't do the Christmas jumper thing? No. It has got a carrot that comes out of it, though. <laughs> oh, as his nose. Okay, like cool. As nose. Fair play. So, just the one. Just the one. Every year we have a tradition in our house. I don't know about you guys. In fact, if you're in the comments, tell us what your Christmas traditions are. I'd be really curious to know. But we have this tradition whereby every Saturday, the first Saturday of every December, which was yesterday, sure. uh, if, if people are wondering, yesterday we walked down as a family to the shop that does the Christmas trees. Oh, right. Yeah. So we walk from our house through the mystery, which is a park here in Liverpool, and we go choose the tree. And we're, we, we all make sure that we're happy with the tree. We all get to see the tree out. 
and then we walk back to the house and then an hour or two later they deliver the tree and we decorate the tree and oh, we do so the house not even having to carry it oh that's oh, yeah, yeah. So i'm too lazy for that <laughs> carrying that through the park no <laughs> and so, yeah we did our christmas tree yesterday so the trees are up the deckies are up nice and i'm wearing christmas jumpers because we're in the run up to christmas oh do you know what my christmas i do christmas. what is yours so in, in our family my dad's not really a fan of things being in the house so <laughs> well, like a setting just, yeah, just like excessive things <laughs> that aren't needed so we go out on christmas eve and we buy a really reduced christmas tree for about three quids because who buys a christmas tree on christmas eve and then we decorate it <laughs> and that's it <laughs> it's up for about three four days really yeah oh wow depressing <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Ellie's dad. That's just wrong on so many levels. <laughs> oh, dear. That's wrong on so many levels. And his decorations went up this, this weekend as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people go up. It's the, um, it's the time to do it, really, it is. isn't it? Yeah. We did this thing where actually yesterday, because normally this is a family tradition for us going and getting the tree, right? And we, because our family, in theory, has grown over the years as we have adopted more and more people and had more and more people come live with us that have become part of the family, yeah. they've subsequently left got married and so there was like 16 of us going to this oh. peak the christmas tree yesterday oh, there was a lot of people including sadaf who's been on the live stream she just sent me a text saying oh i'm coming as well i'm gonna oh. get a christmas tree so sadaf and the family came down so there's like 16 17 of us just oh. wandered down which was amazing the guy at the, the christmas tree shop did was overwhelmed by the amount yeah, of the yeah. edmo family coming down <laughs> or team 53 as we call ourselves and uh, <laughs> We all then went back to the house and had some food, which I'd spent four or five hours cooking. We did some really nice food. And so, yeah, we by the end of last night, I was absolutely knackered. <laughs> like, oh. So we first, I don't do it in November. I don't do Christmas decorations in November. Unlike some people like Jenny Oliver, who works here. She does Christmas decorations in November. I'm like, there's just no way. So Will's put here in the comments, your dad, I'm assuming he's talking to you, Ellie. Uh, your dad yeah. sounds like mine. We went out with a saw and found some scraggy twig on Christmas Eve. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah thankfully we do actually get a real proper tree. And it's so cheap then as well. That's the thing that's amazing about it. You're it's getting so one, like a really good one for three quid. But if you think about it, if it's only for three days, it's a pound a day. Yeah, great. But that's how much it costs for a normal Christmas tree or December. I'm not paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, we're going to get into the talk in a minute, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We will move on, don't panic. Um, but you have got a new house. I have. I say well, new. I've been there about You've been a year there, now. you've been there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And have you got the tree up? No, I don't. I'm actually, I've put some fairy lights around my banister. And that's it. That's as far as you've got so far. <laughs> okay. You, now you're in control of your own destiny here in your own house. Are you going to follow your dad's I get a tree on Christmas Eve thing? I'm going to go home for Christmas. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Fair enough. Matt Crew says he doesn't do Christmas decorations at all. Oh. Why does that not surprise me, Matt? Uh, <laughs> Nicola, the force is strong with this one. Yes, talking about my jumper. Oh, very good. Very good. Very, very good. So, yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you. Warm welcome to you if you just joined us. Like I say, my name is Matt. This is Ellie. And we are Crowd Online Church talking about Christmas. Because Christmas is a big thing for the church. It sure is. We do like Christmas. We do have a Christmas service this year. So stay tuned. We'll give you more information about that later. But for now, we are going to carry on with our conversation through the book of Acts. We have the beautiful... Anna Kettle. <laughs> <laughs> I read that off a piece of paper, obviously. <laughs> It's like it's just like we did in rehearsals, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've got Anna Kettle talking to us about the Book of Acts. This week it's the correct talk. 
uh, Matt, I saw you put that in the um, the comments earlier. We are going to get do the correct talk today. Uh, God bless the guys last week. That was a little bit of a mess up. Uh, I say mess up. It was just, it was a beautiful accident is what it was. Dan and John, they had a great time. I was in Paris, so I was just grateful they were doing it, if I'm honest with you. I had a weekend away celebrating 25 years. Nice, yeah, twenty fifth anniversary. Me and Sharon, oh, that, which was lovely. So we had a great time in Paris. Great stuff. So all that said, I am going to push this button on the pad. We're going to have Anna on the talk. Then Ellie and I will be back after this for Conversation Street. Get busy writing your comments, questions, thoughts, stories, and all that sort of stuff in the comments. We'll be back soon. Here's Anna. Hi there. So today I'm talking about Paul's journey to Jerusalem. You can read all about this story in Acts chapter 21. So we're continuing our series looking at the book of Acts today. And the passage I'm looking at and have been asked to speak on is Acts 21, verse 1 through to 36. Now that's quite a long passage, so I'm not going to read it all here right now. Instead, I'm going to just summarise the narrative of what happens in that passage to give us a little bit of context for this talk and then suggest that maybe you can go away and look at it in your own time and read it in more detail. So basically, just to take us to the beginning of the chapter then, so Paul is planning to go to Jerusalem to share the good news, to encourage the believers there and also to share the good news with those that aren't believers yet. And the first part of the chapter just follows his journey as he travels through the Greek Isles through coasts and roads. Then he goes down past Cyprus on a boat and then onto the mainland in the Middle East. So he first goes through Syria and then down into Lebanon below it and then down on into Israel to Jerusalem, which is his ultimate destination. However, this journey that he's taking is not straightforward. And along it, he receives a number of warnings not to go to Jerusalem because he's going to be arrested there and that it's going to be dangerous for him to go. Now, the first time this happens along the journey in this passage is when he lands in Tyre, which is in Lebanon. And the Christians there warn him not to go to Jerusalem. They say that the Holy Spirit have told them that it's going to be dangerous. And so they're warning him not to go. And yet, as much as he hears uh, their pleas and their their, their concerns for him, he says, no, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. This is what God's told me to do. I'm going to go. And then later on in this journey, again, as he's traveling down into Israel and towards Jerusalem, he's getting close to his destination. He's traveling through an area called Caesarea, which is to the north of Israel. And as he's traveling through there, he receives a warning from a prophet called Agabus. Now, Agabus, again, has very clearly heard a word from God. He's had a prophecy and he goes to tell Paul when he's staying with Philip the Evangelist. He says that the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem are planning to arrest him and hand him over to the Gentiles when he arrives there. And then, so again, the Christians, the disciples there, the follow of Jesus there in that area, hear this and they plead with him not to go. They're understandably concerned for his safety and worried that he's going to be arrested or that harm might come to him, that he could even be killed if he's arrested when he gets to Jerusalem. So they're saying, don't go. And yet Paul's answer is really interesting at this point. He says this, he says, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but 
also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Wow, that is quite a severe answer, isn't it? It's quite intentional. There's nothing that is going to move him or dissuade him from going to Jerusalem. He's like very single-minded about going because he then knows God's told him. And finally, the Christians there realise, and so they give up. They realise they can't stand in his way, that he's going to go. They believe God's told him to go and that he has to be obedient to that. And so in the end, they resolve saying, okay, the Lord's will be done then. And of course, Paul continues on his journey and he does go to Jerusalem. And of course, when he does, sure enough, false accusations are thrown at him by the local religious leaders there in Jerusalem. And so he is arrested and he is imprisoned for his faith. Now, that's the kind of context of the story. I don't know about you, but I find this slightly confusing. Where doesn't it that that Paul feels that God has told him to go and to preach the gospel in Jerusalem? And so he's got this clear word from God. And yet, along his journey, the Holy Spirit sends loads of different warnings of the danger ahead in his journey. And then he still goes straight into that danger anyway. It leaves me feeling, what's the point of all that? What is this passage trying to tell us? On the one hand, is Paul being disobedient to God by ignoring all of these warnings and going into the danger? Is he being silly? I'm not sure I would have gone if I'd received so many warnings about being arrested and possibly a threat on my life. Is he being disobedient to God? Is he ignoring the warnings of the Holy Spirit? But then equally, is God contradicting himself because he's already told Paul to go and Paul feels so confident that he should be going. So then why is the Holy Spirit seeming to contradict what God has already said to him? It doesn't make any sense to me. Paul feels very strongly that God's told him to go there and he's acting on that conviction, but now he's getting all these warnings, danger ahead. I guess there's three simple points that I want to pull out of this passage, which might just help us with some of our understanding of it. The first one is this, is that God always prepares us for what he asks of us. I'll say that again. God always prepares us for what he asks of us. So just going back to that question about why God sent those warnings to Paul and he still went. Personally, I think that those warnings from the Holy Spirit were intended to prepare Paul, but not necessarily to stop him from going. And I think there's a difference, isn't there? They're about preparing his heart, about getting him ready for what lies ahead, for the challenges that lie ahead in the road ahead of him on his journey. That's not the, being warned about what lies ahead doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong for him to go or that he shouldn't go. But the other Christians around him were saying, they don't go. But that's their own human projections and their own anxieties. That's them talking about their own fears. That's not necessarily what God's saying. And so these warnings aren't necessarily a warning not to go, but just a warning about what lies ahead. And they helped him to be more prepared and ready for what God was calling him into. And yet, I wonder how often we make a similar mistake where when hardship comes, we're too quick to give up. I wonder sometimes when things get hard in our own journeys of faith or when we meet resistance or hit difficulties along the way that we suddenly start to question whether was that really God that asked us that? Was it really what God wants of us? 
is it still really what God wants of us? Are we still on the right path? Have we heard God right? And we're so quick to question and to doubt what God's asked of us when difficulty comes. But sometimes those difficulties don't mean that we're on the wrong path or that we're not hearing God right. It just means path is hard. Difficulties don't mean that you're on the wrong path. Often they mean that you're on the right path and that it's just a difficult journey that you're undertaking. And that brings me on to my second point, which is that Paul was so willing to take risks and endure hardship for his faith. He was so willing to go through difficulty. He was warned of incredible hardship ahead, that he'd be arrested and imprisoned, and that he could potentially even die or be putting his life at risk. And yet he didn't seem to hesitate in any way, even though others around him were really anxious and telling him not to go. He didn't hesitate because he knew what God had told him and he didn't doubt it and he didn't waver on it. Now, I'm not suggesting that those similar kinds of troubles are probably going to face many of us in our own walks of faith, at least not here in the UK. I know that some Christians elsewhere in the world right now can sometimes face persecution, arrest, imprisonment, maybe even death for their faith. But that's not common, certainly not here in the UK. And so, yeah, but at the same time, it makes me think that all other risks that we're asked to take for our faith sometimes, aren't they? Even very small ones. And I wonder how willing we are. Are we willing, like Paul, to not hesitate? Or do we actually hesitate when those small difficulties come? Do we hesitate when we're worried about feeling a bit embarrassed about talking about our faith to people that don't share it or understand it or we potentially worried about sounding a bit weird or about having our attentions misunderstood or misinterpreted when we share about our experiences with God. There's so many different levels of risk and different types of hardship that we can be asked to endure for our faith. I don't think many of us have had to endure to the point of arrest or imprisonment or death. And the third part that I wanted to just pull out of this passage was that enduring hardship is actually part of what it means to follow Christ. I know this isn't a particularly popular message, particularly in all Western churches where we're quite used to being quite comfortable in our faith. But actually, when you read about the early church here in the book of Acts, you just can't get away from the truth that following Jesus isn't always easy or comfortable. The word Christian literally means follower of Christ, I am Christ follower. And yet I wonder how many of us who call ourselves Christians, who say that we believe in and follow Jesus, aren't actually that willing to follow him into difficult things, into hardships, into discomfort, into putting others before ourselves, and into making ourselves uncomfortable through our faith. And I count myself in this challenge as well. I find this stuff hard. I actually see some real parallels in this story about Paul traveling towards Jerusalem and knowing that there's hardship ahead of his journey. And also the story of Jesus before his arrest and crucifixion in the Gospels. Before Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and ultimately faced a horrific death on the cross. There's at least three times in the gospel accounts of his life where he predicts his own death um, to his disciples and his followers. 
And there's possibly other more subtle references that he knew what was coming to. But there's certainly at least three occasions in the gospel accounts where Jesus makes it clear that he knows what's coming. He knows what's ahead in his own journey as well. And that he knows that the cross is coming and that he'll be arrested. Yeah, it's challenging, isn't it? And just like Paul, Jesus didn't shy away from that difficult road ahead. When he faced imminent death, these were some of the final words that he spoke. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. And yet not my will, but your will be done. You can read that passage in Luke 22, verse 42. It it strikes me that that's not that different to Paul's response here in in the book of Acts. Is that it's this. The, the conclusion here is the Lord's will be done. That was the conclusion that the disciples came to when he refused to change course or, or to stop in his journey, to not carry his journey on into difficult things. And it leaves me feeling that challenge of, I wonder how many of us are willing to say, let's say the same kind of thing when things get hard in our own journeys of faith, with challenges coming our own lives, when God asks us to do something and then the going gets tough. How many of us can say a similar thing? Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. As I said, not many of us are going to be asked to lay down our lives for our faith, at least not in this country, or threaten with arrest and imprisonment. But there are other things that we may have to surrender to God. How many of our comforts or our rights are we willing to part with our cash when Jesus asks us to give some away to someone who needs something? Or to part with our material things? Or to give up our time when Jesus asks us to serve someone who needs something? Are we willing to give up our right to a certain kind of lifestyle or quality of life? Are we willing to put relationships or family or career or other things second to what Jesus is calling us to do? It's, there's one example that I've got from my life in the last couple of years where I had an opportunity to take a promotion at work and this promotion would have meant quite a significant amount more money and I would be paid quite a bit more and a lot of colleagues were saying you should go for it you'll totally get it if you go for this you can do this job it's almost certainly yours if you go for this role at the same time it was quite a lot more responsibility and time commitment too And I prayed about it and thought about it for a number of days. And I just didn't really feel any peace in myself about going for this role. And it was because I felt like the role was going to take me away from some of the other things that God was calling me to do in my spare time. It was going to take me away from being and spending enough time with my family, but also from different ways that I was serving him. Even doing things like this, like doing talks for a crowd church or podcasting or writing, other things that I want ways that I feel like God's asked me to serve them. And so I didn't go for the role. And it, that might not be the area of challenge for everyone right now. It may not be that God's asking you to put your career second to uh, following him. But I wonder if there are any other areas of your life where Jesus is asking you to take a risk or maybe to count the cost by choosing obedience to him over your own comfort or usual preferences. There's loads of different areas where this can apply and um, it might be a very different challenge that is coming up in your life. But as I said, just because something that seems difficult doesn't mean that it's the right or wrong thing to do. 
something that God has called you to do something, he'll give you the tools to go through it. And I can say that although it may not be an easy decision always to be obedient to God, in all the years that I've been a Christian, I've never once regretted doing what God has asked me to do, even when it feels challenging or hard at the time to make that decision. So I just want to leave us with that thought today, really. Perhaps just ask you to take a moment to reflect on that, to reflect on the cost of following Jesus in your life right now. And as you do that, I just also want to finish with a short prayer. Um, I'm going to pray for us all, if that's okay. So Lord, we're so sorry that we can be slow to do what you're asking of us sometimes, or reluctant. Sometimes we don't want to be inconvenienced or to have our comfortable lives disrupted or to really have to count the cost. And in those times, I just ask that you'd help us to remember how much you have given up for us and how you paid the ultimate cost. Because you're an innocent man who died on the cross as a sacrifice for us. You went and you, you did all that in our place. And so we pray that in response to that, you would help us to say in every situation that we come across, just as Jesus did, and as so many other Christians have done too, Lord, I'm finding it hard to say yes to what you're asking of me right now, today. Yeah, not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, great talk by Anna. I uh, love that. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into this whole thing that Anna was, geez, what a lot to get into there. <laughs> so we're going to get into all that. Make sure you write your questions, comments, thoughts in the comments below, and we will get to those as well. What a great talk though, Anna. Loved it. So, loved it. Loved thank it. You. Yeah. What did you like about it? I'd say it's maybe the wrong <laughs> word. What was the key point do you think that stood out to you in that talk? Not sure necessarily a key point, but I think what was really, I found really powerful about it was just the honesty of it. I think talking about the hard things in faith is really important. I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily sure we do it enough. I think it's very easy to walk into Christianity and think, oh, great, this is brilliant. Everyone says how wonderful it is and how everything's going to be better afterwards, after I've met Jesus and, and all of mm. this. But actually, we still face really difficult things. Mm. The answer is that he's with us in them, not that they disappear or, yeah. and particularly on this, that it's so challenging that God's then asking to actually go into a physically dangerous yeah. situation. Oh, <laughs> I'd find that hard. <laughs> <laughs> God's not asked you to do that recently, I take it. No, not, not recently. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. Uh, it's interesting. I, 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 yeah, it's funny, isn't it? This constant conversation. We've been working our way through the book of Acts, mm, right? Mm. And one of the things that has come up consistently in the book of Acts, and we've brought it up a number of times on the live stream, is this idea that you cannot read the book of Acts and go, yeah, Christianity is sunshine, rainbows, mm. and unicorns, yeah. right? It just isn't. But what you can do is say that Christianity is a God who is with you. Yeah. And actually, the path that you go is not always easy, Um but he is always with you on it, mm, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think this is, this is brought out again in this 
this portion of scripture. What's interesting to me about what you said and about what we read in the book of Acts is the reason for the hardship, mm, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes we go through hardships or difficulties because let's be frank, we were stupid. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, we, yeah. we made some rather... <laughs> rather strange decisions upon yeah. the, along the way. Yeah. A classic one for me is I, I don't. You can see part of my right index finger is missing, and so that was not a pleasant time. Mm. When I had my accident, I I cut through three of my fingers. My youngest son, my middle child Zach, was like weeks old, weeks old, uh, maybe days old. He was super young, and I made a stupid mistake. I took the safety guard off a saw. Oh. Never do that. <laughs> well, I, I, I can. I, <laughs> where were you 20 years ago, right? Uh, <laughs> but it was something that I had to go through. And I cannot in all of those circumstances go. It was it was something that God wanted for my life, mm -hmm. right? Um, it was a mistake that I made. It was a stupid decision that I made that cost me. Yeah. And that resulted in hardship. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In more ways than one. In a lot of ways it's affected us. And in a lot of ways that we've, we've learned to live with it. But I'm always reminded that actually there were enough warnings from God never to take the safety guard off the saw. You don't even need God to warn you to do that. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's common sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it turns out I, I didn't have any. Who knew? And so uh, this, uh, Matt's Cruz put in the comments here, Ellie, this is Matt's I'm an idiot story. I'm getting that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas put safety first. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Just give me the, the heads up now. But it was it's fascinating, isn't it? So we I think we go through difficult things in life because of decisions that we mm -hmm. make. Like, uh, I mean, we'd go all die about the stupid decisions that Matt's made over his life. <clears throat> um, money, finances, things with work, that's cost us a lot of money making really silly decisions and you man alive. Um, but even when it's my fault, mm. God's still with me in it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is a beautiful thing. So I think sometimes, in fact, most of the time I have faced things and that the hardships that I've come across, the reason before for them mm. is because I was a bit of a plonker. Mm -hmm. That said, in this story, and in certain occasions in my life, I dare say certain occasions in your life, the reason for the hardship was because God said go. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God's told Paul to go into a particularly difficult situation. Mm -hmm. um, and I love what Anna said, that the reason it, feel, it seems like God is telling these things to Paul is not to dissuade him, but mm. to prepare him. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, now, if it was me, I think Anna mentioned this in her talk. If it was me, I would hear those warnings and I'd be like, that's it, I'm out. Yeah, 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 <laughs> this yeah. is God telling me not to go. I would have yeah. gone to the beach maybe or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that Paul didn't, yeah. right? And so there are sometimes, there are some occasions where God deliberately leads you into places that create hardship. Mm -hmm. And that is not an easy theology. Yeah, no. I think what I find particularly helpful about this and weighing up i quite often get a bit overwhelmed at the idea of is god telling me to do this or this and get mm. quite caught up in like the details of am i hearing from god am i not hearing from god and that's usually when i'm really like okay chill out because god doesn't <laughs> come into your life to create confusion and what i love about this is for paul he's so sure that all of his mates that he's meeting along the way telling him you're gonna get yeah hurt and you might get arrested and you might die 
he is still so sure that he knows that he's going anyway. Yeah. And I find that particularly encouraging with the whole, how do I know when God's speaking to me and when he's not? Yeah. Because actually, if he needs me to know, I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. if Paul can know and, and go to it and, and know that he's walking into that and be so sure that's what he needs to do. Yeah. Because God has told him in, in such a way that he is very sure of that, then... I'm sure he can tell me quite clearly about whether I need to like <laughs> do this or do that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that's what Matt's put here in all situations. Remember that God can give you the guidance at all times, which I think is quite mm -hmm. true. It's interesting. We, I don't know if we've come across that. I can't remember whereabouts in the book of Acts it is because it's all blurred into one in all the prep. <laughs> There's this really interesting part in the book of Acts where Paul goes on one of his missionary journeys, mm. right? And he starts, Paul is... To give you some sort of insight into Paul's character, Paul is, I think he's an action man. He's a doing guy. Yeah. He's right. What was the last, he's, he's the kind of guy that would respond to the question, what was the last thing God said to me? Let's keep doing that until I feel like God's told me to do something yeah. else. And so he's very much an action guy. He's the kind of guy that if you said to him, if he, if he was alive today, you put him in a car on one side of Liverpool city centre and you said, Paul, you need to get across to the other side. He's just going to get in a car and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to feel his way yeah, yeah. rather than just wait for all the traffic lights to turn green and all of the ducks lined up and off he goes. Yeah. And uh, neither one is right or wrong. Yeah. But this is part, this is what I see in Paul's personality is he's an action guy, he's a doing guy. Mm. And so he, he heads off on one of his mission trips. And the way the scripture, but I love the old, the old King James version, oh, the, yeah. way, the way it talks about this, it said the Holy Spirit constrained him. Oh. He was constrained. Yeah. And this is Paul. This is the Apostle Paul who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He's heading in direction. It's when he goes that he feels God constraining him. Yeah, yeah. In other words, I don't know if Paul knew or didn't know whether this was the right thing to do, but he's an action guy. He's like, well, I'm just going to keep going until I'm, until I'm told otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And I, th I get that impression in this story that we read yeah. today. That this yeah. is Paul. Is okay, so I'm going to get changed. So what? Yeah. God's told me to go. So I'm going. Yeah. Mad that he doesn't think that his mate's been like, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's God saying, oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? <coughs> it is funny how we interpret those things. Mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, really, because... And, and this is what, again, that in the story. So the Christians in the story, mm. the church in Jerusalem were like, man, you need to not go. Yeah, yes, yeah. Everyone was going, what, what are you oh, doing? Oh, mad. I find that so challenging. I find that really challenging. <laughs> but again, you can, uh, just being led by God, there's this, there is this very correct teaching in the church, mm. which says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the thing be established. There is safety in a multitude of counsellors. There's mm. all this stuff in scripture, which talks about, I'm just trying to scratch my head around the mic. There's this, this whole thing in scripture about listening to one another, bearing one yeah. another's burdens. You, God speaks to you through other people. And here God is speaking. But Paul had the ability to discern what was preparation versus mm. instruction. Mm -hmm. um, and that I find very challenging. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I also love what, what is it that he said? I love how emotional Paul is like all the time, but I just think it's really a nice and encouraging thing. Yeah. Um, it's not like, oh, an emotional man. Wow. It's when he says, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I just think that's so, ah, oh, I, I think that's really beautiful because I can just imagine him being like, guys, I just really need encouragement. Stop, stop telling me I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, breaking my heart like this, it's, it, it exposes that he is he's nervous about this that he's scared mm. about it and that he is there's an element of him being you know heartbroken at the idea yeah. that's what he's walking into 
and yet he's still sure that God's telling him to do it and he's going to do it. Yeah. What a cool guy. I love him. I really do. <laughs> cool guy. There's this quote of the week. Paul, what a cool guy. Um, and I totally agree. And again, yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? That I guess there's two things here. There's what the Holy Spirit is saying and then there's why he is saying it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So the church heard what the Holy Spirit was saying, mm. but they didn't necessarily understand why. And I think when yeah, Paul was talking to them, Mm. there's you're breaking my heart not because what you're telling me is factually incorrect mm. but you've misunderstood the why yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think here is the again the the challenge for us as christians is understanding what god is saying mm-hmm. and why god is saying that yeah, particular thing yeah. what and why two very important things aren't they and it's a really a tricky thing as a christian sometimes to to understand that because i i I know sometimes once i've heard the what i just assume the way yeah do you know what i mean this is the first time i'm thinking about it to be honest (laughs) (laughs) uh nicholas put here i often look if i add that to the broadcast i've just reformatted this computer so i don't know if this is going to work or if it's all set up oh look works fine uh i often look back on some of the tough times i've had and they have been very tough and hard. Would I change the choices I made? No, it's made me who uh, I am. And also I'm able to help others going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Would I change some of the choices that I've made? That comes into this interesting topic of conversation called regret. Yes. Oh, that's fun. That's fun, isn't it? <laughs> regret. Is regret a good thing, a bad thing? Uh, what do you regret? What would you change if you could go back in time mm. and change it? is thinking about what you could change and going back in time. And if you could go back in time, a futile exercise, because you can't do it and you're just, yeah. you're living in the past. Uh, and Paul, another thing that Paul said is, I forget what's past, I just press on towards the goal. Again, so cool. I just, I think he's brilliant. <laughs> I really love Paul. I know that's like the least original thing to say. Yeah, no, this thing's cool. <laughs> okay, interesting. Is it futile to look back and reflect and regret? I don't know if it's futile, but we do it, don't we? Yeah, sometimes too much. Yeah. Yeah, just part of being human, I think, really. Yeah. I think maybe some people do it too much and sometimes it's easy to fall into it and as a bit of a pattern, but mm. also don't beat yourself up for doing it because it happens because sad things happen. And you yeah. like to think, oh, I wish I'd not done that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that hadn't worked out like that. And I wish I'd bought my Christmas tree earlier. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to call my dad. Out <laughs> just, just regretting all of our Christmases, actually, Dad. <laughs> all of that past Christmas. Sorry if you've just joined in. That joke won't make any kind of sense at all. A little, little call back there. Yeah. yeah, you have to go back and watch from the beginning. That doesn't make sense. Interesting. Anna, Anna said at the end, she was talking about Paul enduring hardship, mm. right? And how enduring hardship is actually part and parcel of what it means to follow Christ. And this, I think, Anna, I can't remember the exact phrase she used, but she talked about how in the Western church this has become an uncomfortable truth um, for our Christian faith. Mm. It's a really interesting thing, isn't it? What would the Apostle Paul with his theology on all of this, be welcoming most Western churches, do we think? Would he be welcoming them? No, would he be welcome into? If Paul turned up to 
see. crowd or frontline or whatever. Yeah. I wonder how we would respond to him. Mm. Because his call is often to, to vacate, for want of a better expression, our comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is what he's doing here. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, we're all quite quick to be like, oh, I think God wants me to be comfortable. God wants me to be happy. God wants me to be okay. And yeah, I'm sure there's elements of that. It's not that he wants us to be, he doesn't want us to be destroyed or you mm. know, have all these things happen to us, but he also wants us to do what he asks of us. Mm. And it's the fear of those, of losing the comfort, isn't it? That, that stops us doing it. Yeah. I think we probably are quite maybe too comfortable. I don't know. It's so hard, isn't it? Because then you get into all the different, I get into all the different, like, all little anxious thoughts about it. What's to, should I make myself uncomfortable on purpose? All those. Yeah, yeah. I go yeah. wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> you can go around in circles. Um, mm. Sue's put here in the comments, uh, so sorry, he's put in the comments. I regret being in a cult for 25 years and still trying to work oh. out why. Wow. Left eight years ago, many regrets, talking about regrets. Mm. Oh, thanks for sharing. That's, that's, Andy's put here, you can't change the past, but it's what you do in the present that can affect the future. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, when you think about things like that? Because there's a really interesting book that came out recently by Dan Pink. Who I, I don't know where he's, it's not a Christian book. I, I don't know where he is in terms of faith, mm. where he talks about the power of regret. Okay, all right. And how you can use regret to, in a way that is powerful. There's been some really interesting research that has come out recently on, on how to journal about past trauma. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, or past stressful situations. Mm -hmm. So when we've been in situations, the way we, there is a protocol to quote Andrew Huberman about how to journal about that in a way that helps us deal with right. it in, in better ways. And one of the things that struck me about this podcast, and this is, he's a neuroscientist, Huberman. In effect, he what he said was, and I'm paraphrasing about an hour and a half's worth of information. In effect, what he said was, um, Telling the truth to yourself mm. is incredibly powerful. Yeah, great, good, great. And it, as I was listening to him, he was like, uh, the only thing that like the thing that was going around in the back of my head all the time is that scripture where Jesus talks about how you will know the truth mm. and the truth will make you free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's this knowledge of the truth that has to come first. Mm -hmm. You have to know the truth for the truth to set you free. Mm. And sometimes with regret, what I find is I can glamorize it or I can overplay it. And it's all a bit fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Or oh, I'd wish I'd not done that. Whereas when we label it, when we put names on it, when we understand the truth of it, mm -hmm. then we can be free of it, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing about regrets, I, it seems the power is in being totally upfront and honest about them. Yeah, great. As opposed to just going, oh, I regret that. And it's just this fuzzy thing mm -hmm. in the back of my head that mm -hmm. I don't want to think about because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Does that make sense? Makes loads of sense. That's great. Top tip. No, I think that's really good. Yeah, because uh, yeah, if you're not really looking at it, if you're not remembering it properly, if you're not thinking about it properly, so I guess that's that whole thing of dwelling on it or not. Mm. If you're dwelling on it in in with the right lens, then you you can actually process and be like, oh yeah, no, that was really hard, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine that that was really hard. That's fine. Yeah. I wish I hadn't made that decision, but also recognizing that you couldn't have made any other decision different. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting, fascinating really stuff. So thanks us for sharing. 
Uh, she, oh, she put here, I have no bitterness, but often feel so sad about all the things that I've missed with my family. Many died in that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my heart breaks for you. I, there's no easy answer mm -hmm. to things like that no. other than to thank God that he's with us right now. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I don't know. My theology on this is interesting. I think all things ultimately are redeemable, mm. right, mm -hmm. with God. Everything is redeemable. We can, there's nothing that is beyond his redemption. Mm. Um, I'm utterly convinced of it. But sometimes we have to deal with and feel the consequences of yeah. decisions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you read the book of Job, interestingly spelt Job. Uh, <laughs> uh, you read the book of Job and he goes through this horrific time mm. talking about enjoying hardship right he goes through this horrific time and scripture says at the end that God restored him back twice what he'd lost right okay. uh, which is just a really interesting thing so in other words that whole situation was redeemed but it was redeemed in certain ways as in his wealth was twice what it was mm. beforehand there were certain things which were better but he still lost family members through yeah. the whole thing. And he still had to deal with the loss of his family. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> Mad is the right way. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those. So as I'm, I, it's there, I believe that period of your life can be redeemed. I don't think that always means that we can escape the consequences yeah. of things that have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think it was, it is just one of those things where, we just trust God. Yeah. Um, as, as cliche and Christian as that yeah. sounds. Yeah. I think that's tends to be what the answer always is. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Like even if you're ever in doubt, <laughs> just going to him and whether you're making like big decisions of do I do this or do I do this or just go. The more time you spend with God, the more you know his voice and the yeah. more he knows how to talk to you and the more you know how to hear him. And then you'll know whether he's telling you to do this or this. If you if you're regretting something or if something's really painful yeah. going to him because he knows what you need yeah. more so than you do and he's got it all he's got it all got it all what was the name of the book so amazing you brought this up the subject of regret god bless i really wish i could remember the name of the book but it's by daniel pink so if you google daniel pink regret i think it will come up like i say it's not a christian book so i don't know if i'd build a theology from what he said and i'm very keen uh, that we don't crowd and I don't think the Bible and I don't think Christianity is about self-help in a lot of ways. Mm. I think it's easy to try and make it about self-help, but it is still a fascinating book to read. And yeah, I think it's called The Power of Regret or something like that. Yeah, enjoy that, as they say. So count the cost of following Christ. It's not always straightforward. So I guess the question here is, if I look on my life, what are some of the things that God's asked me to do, which are slightly outside of my comfort zone, that I have to be intentional in doing? It's a really fascinating question for me because I don't know if you can grow that much inside your comfort zone, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And you do that a lot, don't you? You actually see that in the physical body. Muscles don't grow unless they're stretched. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wish I could just sit here and just watch my biceps grow. That would be amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it seems like God has, has ordained it in such a way that actually yeah. it's in the hardship, it's in the it's in the stress, it's when things are not going right that we actually grow the most. I don't know if you found that. Yes, I would say that. Um, yes, sorry, I'm in my head. I'm distinguishing the difference between having gone through a hard thing that I've then learned from, mm. and then 
like recognizing the importance then of of things like spiritual disciplines that aren't necessarily like as painful as the hardships that you end up going through yeah not saying so what do you mean by spiritual disciplines just spending time with god every day Mm -hmm. praying fasting all those things that can sometimes feel like a bit of inconvenience if you're not in the right headspace for it yeah but actually just like you can't you need to exercise as you're saying to look after your body Sometimes you just really can't be bothered. And some days you're really like, yeah, I'm going to go for a run or yeah, I'm going to praise the Lord. But I'm never, I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> never. It's the discipline of actually, I know that this is a good thing for me to do. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. And that's the discipline, is it? And sometimes that feels really uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's the same, a similar thing of, um, I, I, I was just going to try and distinguish that. I think there's a line between, oh, you have to go, you have to put yourself through difficult things to be able to grow because I don't think that's quite the same thing but I think that's an unnecessary distinction because that's obviously not what you're saying um <laughs> <laughs> fair play yeah yep fair play there we go. so it's true I oh here we go look I have healthy kids food a house and a job very blessed but my heart gets heavy at times oh, yeah no I bet it does yeah. mate yeah I bet it does uh, bless you and all of that yeah I've had a horrendous year this year in some ways, says Matt Crew, but having more time to pray and recover this year has been a highlight mm-hmm. in order to recover my mental health. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing, isn't it? It's never waste a good trial. Uh, when you find yourself in difficult times or hard times, yeah. Yeah. it's, God, what are you saying in this, yeah. right? And, and actually never waste a good trial because there's a lot of learning that can happen in them. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Any, anything else? You took lots of notes. Anything did, else in your notes in the last few notes. minutes? I think we've really covered it. Yeah. Oh, I've just hit the mic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle, eh? <laughs> Smack that mic with my book. How, how, very, very good. Well done. How did you find it, your first hosting? Yeah, it was fun. Enjoyed it. <laughs> just so cool, Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> so chilled out and laid back. Me, I'd be like... <laughs> it's nice time. talking about things, isn't it? Yeah, it's just nice fun. having a chat. Yeah, yeah. It's always good fun. Always good fun. That's that's the end of Conversation Street. We'll draw that to an end there. Thank you so much. <laughs> Don't break the mic. <laughs> it's very good at telling you what to do after you've done it. Yeah. I've noticed this. Yeah, good. I suppose that's the nature of the whole live stream. Too, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little out of sync, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, book Ellie again. There we go. <laughs> oh, get the dates in this is what matt wrote in the comments if you can't see uh, i can add it to broadcast there we go book early again uh promote the zoom yes i will all right matt calm down um (laughs) yes thank you for joining us so just to let you know a few things every wednesday we have a zoom online group come join us on the zoom if you'd like to join an online community that matt's talking about here where he says promote the zoom um that's basically what we do we just get together a few of us on zoom we'll chat we'll catch up we'll pray we'll do all those kind of good things. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to see you in there. Uh, if you go to the website, www.crowd.church or find us on social media at Crowd Church and just reach out to us. We will let you know those details. Susan, by the way. Oh, so stands for Susan. Susan, brilliant. Thanks for the laughter. Laughter helps. It does. Yeah, it does. You could do a whole other episode on that, couldn't you? Well, right, this is, yeah, there, well, it says it in the Bible. Merry heart does good like a medicine. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. And if you need to laugh, my advice, go watch anything by Tim Hawkins. Oh, all right. Have you come across Tim Hawkins? No. Christian stand-up comedian, oh. which I appreciate sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, it <does>. sure <laughs> does. <laughs> Hang on. Christian stand-up comedian, what are you talking about? But I can tell you the chap is exceptionally funny. He's got a lot of videos on YouTube. Yeah. And... 
in 2018, I went over to the States with Josh and Zach. It's just dads and lads trip. Lovely. Just it's brilliant. Loved it. Uh, and we managed to go see him live in Connecticut. We went and stayed with some folks and we went over to Connecticut and, and watched him live. At the end of that set, I was like, I'm like, please, can you just stop telling jokes? Because my oh, sides were hurting so much. So good. Yeah, so he's good. really good. Really good. So brilliant, just go. Brilliant. Ever needs to laugh, go watch Tim Hawkins. So good stuff. to have a giggle. Ellie, give Matt his give Matt his ancient one pills. I don't get that reference. Is oh, that it's just he he likes to call me ancient one. Oh, okay. And then you have a pill to make you not ancient. <laughs> <laughs> if I did have such a pill, I would be selling them. I'd make an absolute fortune. The ultimate youth pill. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so yes, it's great to connect with you, Susan. Thanks for joining us. Like I say, if you'd like to know more about Crowd, head over to the website www.crowd.church. If you want to know more about the Zoom. Everything's on there, www.crowd.zoom. You can reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect with you. Coming up in next week, what we got next week? Oh, I don't Do you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. Obviously. We talked it about it an hour ago, Matt. <laughs> we talked about it. And it's, I did write stuff down and Ellie just looked at it and went, there's no way I can read that. I can't read it at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. I can see there's things circled, but I don't know what the circles mean. Uh, yeah. It's just highlighting stuff for me to see. You know, <laughs> oh, so yeah. next week, yes, we are talking about biblical worldview. I say we, it's me. I'm doing the talk next week week we have dan and will hosting so will sopworth he's another first timer oh that's fun isn't it yeah he was in the comments earlier i don't know if it's, if will's still around but he his first time hosting next week like you he's done talks a crowd but next week's going to be hosting so treat, eh? he's such a legend will Aww. he's such an he's an absolute he's legend genie, yeah. love the bones of the man yeah. he's such a great guy uh, and so i'm excited for next week yes you've got will and dan hosting you've got me doing the talk all about biblical world views glorious uh, yeah let's go with yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm just racking my brain was it glad? i don't know i hope you enjoy the talk i hope you find it challenging and informative all at the same time mm. his hand sketch is the best are you talking about me nicola my hand sketch i'm not quite sure isn't that the comedy comedy man oh yeah 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 <laughs> comedian also sorry knows. yeah yeah tim hawkins his hand sketch is the best uh yes he's talking about <laughs> i should play that on crowd church he talks about what happens when you, I, I get it now nicholas sorry i he <laughs> he's got this routine where i think if you just google or go to youtube and put in tim hawkins worship hands oh right uh, and what okay. christians do with their hands uh, during worship okay, yeah i'm with you I'm very with you. good i can i very can imagine good. it yeah, yeah yeah just after this live don't do it now <laughs> when the live streams end just go google uh on youtube tim hawkins worship hands and it will come up i'm fairly sure it will come up and it's <laughs> if you've been around church any length of time you will find that hysterical i think that's good i think we'll end the live stream there uh, ellie thank you for joining me been a pleasure thanks for having me you coming back Sure, why not? It's <laughs> so cool. Got nothing better to do. <laughs> so no, if I if I get the curtains up next time. Oh, dear. Brilliant. <laughs> we need to go get you a Christmas tree. That's what we need yeah, to do. Yeah, that's that. Absolutely. Yeah, so Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you find Advent interesting. Advent's a fascinating time just to reflect on the story of Jesus, the birth of Christ coming up December 25th, in case you didn't know, happy birthday, Jesus. We've got a Christmas service this year. When is it? Matt will know. I will tell you now when it is, because I've got the information here. So next week we are talking about worldview, and then we have our non-live stream 
Where is it? Here it is. 24th, Christmas Eve. Crikey. Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas office I'll, on I'll a Monday. I'll be my Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listening to Crowd Church while you're buying, in your headphones while you're buying the show. Oh, I don't want that one. Uh, out of the two that are left for £3. <laughs> there's, pounds. there's always loads left and they're always really good quality. <laughs> Yesterday when we went with Jenny and Rob, Jenny used to live with us. She's a paramedic. She got um, married last year. Yeah. So a guy called Rob, who's also a paramedic, two of the funniest people on the planet. It's nice. And so we go and choose a tree. I'm like, I want one that's really wide and bushy because it's now bay window. Lovely. Yeah. Sadaf was like, I want one that's a bit narrower because we don't have a big bay window and I still want to be able to access my room. Sensible. Which was sensible. And then Jenny walked over to the guy and said, I just want one that smells really nice. Oh. <laughs> It is the smell. That's the best bit about oh, it, yeah. isn't it? It's Real the Christmas best trees. Yeah. So we were all walking around smelling the trees. He must have thought, what's wrong with you? Oh. I think this one smells better, Jen. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> oh, now I want a Christmas tree. <laughs> I should totally go get one. I can recommend the guy. Go buy a Christmas Brilliant. tree and Great. get the decorations on it. So, yeah. yeah, get your Christmas tree up if you haven't done so already. Uh, but, yes, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have a fantastic week. I think that's it from me. Is that it from you? That's it. That's it. Okay. Awesome. Bless you guys. See you soon. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform, it helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us, God bless you. Bye for now.